It is time for a new weird-ass game. I am your host, Jesse. Today I have with me, Seth. As always. As always. And we are talking about Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey for the PlayStation 1. We'll probably end up delving a little bit into the entire franchise because it is a long-running franchise, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I hate this game. Good night. <laughs> I, um, yeah, so... This is considered a, a classic for the PS1. It was very positively reviewed when it came out. It got great reviews. It was considered this this amazing artistic masterpiece, this uh, this amazing story and great characters and beautiful visuals. Um, Seth, how's it aged? Yeah, um, it kind of feels like you're playing a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, with the controls completely fucked. <laughs> That's the biggest problem, I think, with the game. It, it, we we consider this a weird game because it's a, in very very many ways, it's a pacifist action game. <laughs> You're encouraged to not kill anybody directly. Like Abe, the character, is on the run. He's not a, he's not directly killing anyone himself. Yeah. He uses superhuman abilities, or he tricks the enemies into killing themselves or blowing themselves up or makes them go into traps. He himself is a pacifist character simply trying to lead a rebellion against this corporate enterprise that's overtaken the world uh, that Oddworld takes place in. Yeah. Um, good idea for a story. Um, I just wish the game was there to back it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I had forgotten how starved we were for uh, gaming and like interesting game worlds back in the late 90s and early 2000s because uh, this game like swept the nation. This was their next like big PlayStation icon to go along with Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter. And I remember it being yeah. so popular. And now looking back, I'm like, Wow, games have really progressed since 1997. Yeah, I mean, this came out in the PlayStation 1 era, so, like, a year later, you'd have Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah. Like, the PS1 was capable of a lot better stuff. Like, so... And you also had games like Twisted Metal out there. I mean, you had... There's just... There's Crash Bandicoot. There was so many other games out there that played in so many ways so much better mm. that to look at this, and I'm like, okay, it's a... It's I guess it's two point five D or is it two D side scroller? Yeah, I, I think it lands in that like two point five D kind of thing where, um, and, and I think specifically more in the in the sequel that came out the next year, you could like interact with the background and you know kind of split the uh, mm -hmm. the depth of field, but not not as much in the first one. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting in its presentation. It's got good ideas of how the game is supposed to progress. I mean, you're supposed to you know, run past the enemies, jump over them, trick them, make them run into the landmines. All of this is good ideas. Just, I wish the game didn't control, like, a goddamn tank on a on a giant lake of ice. <laughs> it is it is clunky. It is so clunky. Possibly the clunkiest game I've ever played because apparently it was designed on a grid system. It was very similar to the early Tomb Raider games. Yeah. That's why it felt so jank trying to jump or trying <laughs> to move. I would constantly fall off ledges. I never even finished the first area. Wow. I, I actually just I just gave up, and I was like, okay, there's a remake of this. Uh, there was a remake that was made for the PlayStation 3. I downloaded that for $30. <laughs> and uh, it's the same. 
it plays almost the same. It, yeah. it, it's not based on a grid system, but it's still just the jankest controls. The con- the visuals are so just noisy and crowded all the time. Visually, yes, it's better. The polygons are better. Like the character design's good, but I'm just it's just it the controls are bad and i felt like it just didn't fit very well as a game it really wanted to be a movie that got yeah. stuck as a game yeah yep. and actually i remember hearing that the game designers uh took all the cinematics and chopped them into i think it was a 45 minute long film mm-hmm. and presented it to the academy awards for best animated short film yeah yep they didn't get accepted but the fact that they thought, oh, yeah, we'll present this as a film. But, guys, aren't you game designers? <laughs> These are filmmakers that thought they could be game designers and could do the same same shtick, and it didn't yeah. work. Yeah, Lorne Lanning came out of film special effects. That was his background. and Oh, there you go. <laughs> and was very inspired by George Lucas and, like, building a world and then adding a story inside of it instead of you know, having a story and then building a world out of it. So you can you can definitely tell cinema is on the mind because the reason this was on PlayStation 1 is uh, the other game systems at the time couldn't do the cutscenes. So it was basically yeah. a, a previous generation game with added cutscenes. That's not a good look, guys. <laughs> so the, the game is like, it, it, there were much better looking games on the PS1. Mm. Like there's no excuse for this. No. Well, and that that has become known as the Odd World Curse, where they develop games for so long. Uh, besides a couple of the spinoffs, yeah. that the next generation system comes out, and then they have to scrap what they're working on to like yeah. update. <laughs> they did that with um, the third game, Munch's Odyssey, which got delayed. I think like three times. Yeah, yeah, which I actually quite like. I, I will say I like Munch's Odyssey. That was where they finally gave it 3D uh, mechanics. It felt more like a complete world. You could actually understand what you were doing. It controlled well. It was mm. fun. Visually, it's just, you know, it's kind of bland for a Xbox game. Like, the original Xbox was powerful. It w- you could do amazing things. You know, say yeah. what you will about Halo as a game, but goddamn, it's gorgeous. <laughs> Whereas you look at Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey, and it's like, ew. <laughs> it's <laughs> gross. Yeah, and then you get into the other one, which is The Odd Man Out, which is Stranger's Wrath, which I actually quite like. I think Stranger's Wrath is the only like legitimately great one, in my opinion. That was like a big underappreciated one too, because it did not sell well. Mm-hmm. They they thought they no, were gonna it sold horrible. <laughs> they thought they were gonna tank the entire um entire Oddworld uh series because of that one. And it's it's great. Yeah. Like it mixes first person shooter with platformer. It, it moves quick. That's something that bugged me in all the early Xbox games and like early PlayStation games. Uh your characters are always super slow. Yeah. Oh God, Abe moves so slow. <laughs> Abe is so slow. <laughs> I like the character. I, here's the way I describe Abe as a character. He's Jar Jar Binks if he wasn't annoying. Right. Yeah. He's he very much looks a lot like Jar Jar Binks. Um, but he's and also uh, the game also includes uh, moments where he farts. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the first game that has a fart mechanic in it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be the last, but uh, no, <laughs> it's definitely a, it's a it's a it's a precursor to what you get with Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the main character is is charming and he farts. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
there's not a lot to really say about the game itself because, you know, I think we agree the game didn't age very well. It doesn't play well. No. I didn't even finish it. I, I kind of just gave up. There's a good story buried in there somewhere. I would say if you're interested, just watch a playthrough on YouTube. Let somebody else suffer through it. <laughs> um, but I would never encourage anybody to play it, even on an emulator or even the remake. I would never encourage the remake. It just it, Was it just me or did the, feel, the game feel very obtuse, like you didn't know what to do? Yeah, so there's there's an element of it where... I think they assumed visually you'd be able to figure out what was happening pretty quick, and that's why they add so many, um, you know, drop-ins and text of what to do. But then, on the other hand, uh, you can't. So in in gaming, normally, if you are doing an action and then you press another button, it cancels that action and goes into the next one, right? Yeah, interruptible animations. Yeah, in Odd World, they don't have that. You have to finish the jump animation before you can do the run animation like you it, it the input is based on everything completing the last one so it turns into this really clunky like you have to make sure you have stopped running before you jump over a pit or something like that and i don't i can't tell you how many times i would try to like drop down into an area and jump around one of the bad guys and then just miss my exit because the animation hadn't completed yeah, I mean, and, you know, Tomb Raider had the same problem, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's why the early mm-hmm. Tomb Raider games, it's like, good luck playing them now, like, because they were based on a grid system. They were based yeah. on uh, uninterruptible animations, grid system. If you wanted to run off of a platform, you had to take two steps backwards and then run forward and then jump. You couldn't just <laughs> jump right away. And that's why you look at the newer Tomb Raider games. They flow very easily. They are smooth. I mean, say what you will about them as games and as stories, but at least they play well. At least they're yeah. functional. Yeah. I, w- I, will take, I will take function over form in this case. And this is something I wanted to get into, which is something we haven't really touched on too much, which is the conflict between games being entertainment and art. Yeah. So this is widely considered a kind of an artistic endeavor. Uh but I think they forgot to put a game in there that actually functions. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. Um, going back through some of the like the concept art and stuff that they were coming up with to design, like the 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 best part of this game is the backgrounds. Just the amount of artistry that are put into these non-square, yeah. very jagged, very like well-realized backgrounds. And if you're if the best part of the, your game is your backgrounds, you're definitely an artist. I can't call you a game developer, though. Yeah, if the best part of your game is the non-interactive parts, you're you're not a game designer, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the issue here, and it's you can compare it to, comparable to something like Shadow of the Colossus, which mm. is both art and entertainment. It functions yeah. as both. It's very efficient at doing both. You can you can have your artistic endeavor while also being entertaining. Maybe and then you get to Last Guardian and the game is basically non-functional because it got delayed so often. <laughs> so you have a game that's artistic but doesn't play well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the main issue is I, I I've been seeing this in recent years that there's this this shift towards making games that are artistic endeavors and are meant to be about an experience, but they forget to put a decent game in there. Yeah. 
Like uh, one that uh, comes to mind off the top of my head is The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> the game it basically runs on autopilot the entire time, and it's barely even a game. Yeah, it it feels like specifically Last of Us Part Two felt like they were watching like zombie media and going, "Oh, we could do this better. I know we could do a better story." And then at some point, they were like, "Oh, we should add some game in here at some point, shouldn't we?" Yeah, <laughs> it's. I I think I'm tired of Naughty Dog at this point. If you guys want to just make movies, just make movies. Yeah, like, please. Like, stop stop jerking us around. Like you want to make movies with these characters, you have access to a studio with computers that can do digital entertainment. Yeah, just do that. You know what's stopping you? You know the only thing I can think that's stopping you is is the fact that you're a games development company. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, and and I think that calls into question. Like, I think we brought this up last time too. The idea of you know um, interactive entertainment and trying to divorce it from gaming. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, it, it's yeah, like interactive doesn't necessarily mean um, you're playing a game. It means oh, press the X button to open the door. Yeah, like that's not really entertaining. It's it's. Technically speaking, it is gameplay, but <laughs> is it enjoyable gameplay? No. <laughs> right, right. Like, I just recently finished replaying uh, Alien Isolation. Um, the, I downloaded the uh, updated version for the PS4. It's gotten a little better, in my opinion, um, but it is still mainly a door-opening simulator. Right. Yeah, it is barely a game. And and that's what I'm saying. It like things like that, things like some of the walking simulators that we've played. I think the idea of just not calling them games anymore, and kind of maybe even leaning into the idea. Like imagine um, the Last of Us Part Two. You can make different decisions that affect the game, right? What if the yeah. decision tree was the only interactive part? So it's it's almost like a visual choose your own adventure. I wouldn't call that a game. I wouldn't call someone who played that a gamer, but the Naughty Dog would still be able to tell the story they wanted and then they could, you know, commit the people that they have working on gameplay to games about gameplay. Yeah, it, it reminds me of those Telltale games, the uh, yeah, choose exactly. your own adventure games. Yeah, like mm-hmm. things like that, those feel like they're there to tell the story, but the idea of putting in branching paths, well, if you have sequels to the original story, it doesn't really, it means that there is a canon ending. Why even offer the multiple choices? Well, you know, I would. You had I, one intention. I, I would argue that um, because of the ability for games to look at old save files, you could actually set oh, up yeah, sequels right. that read how you ended your game and then start you off from there. That's right. That's good. That's a good point. Um. That's I, I will say there is that element of choice. I would say that's interesting. Sure. Um, but I just I still would prefer to have a game that actually functions. And I think this is why Mario has existed for so long. Oh yeah. Like Mario and Zelda, like they still exist because the simplest things in the world are what the gamers want. Jump, right. run, hit things. Like it's simple. <laughs> the the story of every Mario game can basically be summed up in a single sentence. Yeah, save the princess. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's it. Like, it's that you don't need a big, wide, broad narrative. Just put a good game in there. You know, right. whatever goes around that goes around it. It's just a framework to hang the game on. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think the problem with, and that goes back to Oddworld, is that what's the framework here? 
Yeah, I mean, like the the distance between <laughs> a, a side sc- like a very investive side scrolling game, and then having this big expansive story, they feel like they're constantly at odds with each other. Yeah, they were. It was too big for what they wanted to do. They should have made it smaller. Mm. Like instead of it being this big epic grand adventure, it needed to be something. At the very least, they could have made it 3D and done it like like this is the same year that I think Final Fantasy VII came out. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't this look like Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm gonna confirm that real quick. But yeah, like I just I don't understand why this franchise has lasted so long. You know, well, it. I mean, so that maybe. Is yes, good... and Final Fantasy VII did come out in January thirty first, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, Odd World came out September eighteenth. There is literally no excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse. Like, why does it look like this? You know. Yeah, I think they they literally just you know knew the the story, the game they wanted to tell in game form, and then went out and found game developers who were coming off of like Dreamcast and those kinds of systems. And they weren't working with, you know, the the big heavy hitters that were making this, the groundbreaking stuff that the PlayStation 1 was going to be able to do. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that they tried to tell a big story using this technology, but would I ever encourage anybody to play this? No. <laughs> no. I would say... Check out Munch's Odyssey and check out Stranger's Wrath. Those are the two I would encourage. And then you, you played Soulstorm, the most recent one that just came out. Yeah. How does that play? Uh, plays just like new and tasty. Plays just like the old ones. It is clunky as hell. I mean, <sighs> so let, let, me, let me break it down with one of the game mechanics that got added. They now have the game mechanic where you can throw the Soulstorm drink as like napalm and then you can throw uh water droplets uh to put out fire right okay you can't do that while you're moving you have to come to a complete stop to throw stuff so that you can aim with the other analog stick and like it's a good looking game but it is clunky as hell the idea of stopping to shoot in games like yeah like that old like Resident Evil style where I'm like I can't move while shooting. Um it's 2021 right now. Yeah. There's no excuse. <laughs> you know? There really is no excuse for this. Yeah. So it, yeah, I think that's that's a non-endorsement for Soulstorm. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I I love the story. I did um and and I've I've played these games, you know, for the entire run of the series and I I can appreciate the strong nostalgia goggles that I have for it um, just because it like it, it really kind of represented what gamers wanted at the time. But the retrospective, the series like history is way more interesting than any particular game that they've put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like they spend so long in development that by the time they finally come out, it's like, what was all the hype about? It's like everyone's kind of moved on already. Yeah. Like, when the when the next game comes out, Abe's Exodus. Um, when was that? When did that come out? That the came very out in next nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, very next year. Yeah, that's the same year I think that Metal Gear Solid One came out. Like yep. you're going up against that. <laughs> Good luck. You know, it's you you can't 
you just can't compete with things when the game looks like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it feels like something that I, I, I guess I was expecting Soulstorm to have up the ante for gameplay because uh, side scrollers are still super hot right now, especially on like Steam. Um, side scrollers have not died at all. So mm. I was really curious to see what they were going to be, you know, kind of harvesting from other popular side scrollers, you know, like your shovel knights and your hollows and your, you know, things like that. And just none of it came over. The graphics are all super updated. The cutscenes are like, look like, you know, Pixar animation. They're so good, mm. but <laughs> the, the gameplay was essentially untouched. <laughs> okay. I mean, if we get the next one in the, was it a quintilogy? They want to do five games and we've got, Two of them well, so far. We do have we. Well, technically, we do have five. We have Odyssey, Exodus, Munch's Odyssey, Stranger's Wrath, and then we have Soulstorm. So technically, we do our we do have well, five. No, so- Soulstorm is just Abe's Exodus redone. Oh, it's it's a remake of Abe's Exodus. Oh, okay. So we technically don't have a fifth one yet. All right. So well, yeah, it's like a reimagining. There are there are some s- subtle differences, but it's yeah. It, so uh, Abe's Exodus and Abe's Odyssey were the first two parts of what they were planning for a five-part game series. Um, I mean, that's ambitious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know. We're, but now we're in, you know, the PlayStation 5 generation, the Xbox Series 1X generation. Uh, yeah. The, you got to update the gameplay if they're going to go for number three. And I don't even, I don't even know if they are. I, I just, I don't know who the audience is left for this thing. I don't know who, like who really is demanding it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's just, it's, it's too little too late. These needed to come out close to each other. They need to come out three years apart every single time. Yeah. Know? Oh, have you gone through all the unreleased titles they have too? No, I haven't. <laughs> Ooh, what do they have? More games than they have out currently. They were going to do a real-time strategy game called The Hand of Odd. They were going to do um, The Brutal Ballad of Fangus Clot, which was essentially going to be Gears of War before Gears of War was invented. Um, they were going to do Squeak's Odyssey, which was a new character. They were going to do a sequel to Munch's Odyssey, Munch's Exodus. They were going to do something called Slave Circus, like a gladiator-style game. Uh, they were going to do a sequel to Stranger's Wrath, and then they were going to do another Stranger's Wrath called Stranger's Arena, which was going to be a competitive multiplayer online game. (laughs) This is like DCEU film talk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're idea factories for sure, and I I love the ideas, but their execution is just not there. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's... This is film committee talk. Like, this Mm -hmm. is filmmakers thinking, oh, yeah, we can totally do all that stuff, but you guys got to put a good game in there. Yeah. Damn. We don't have that. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I... I wish there was more to say. I really do. But I just feel like... Game's not good. Didn't age well. There's a good story buried in there somewhere. If you want to see it, just watch the cutscenes on YouTube. Mm -hmm. They've all been compiled. Just do that. I would never encourage anybody to actually play this game because even watching a playthrough, it's not that exciting. No. It's one of those games that we really, if if the game played well, it'd be fun to play, but it's not something you would ever want to watch. It's the kind of thing that if you're watching it, if friends come over and they're watching you play the game, they would either leave or they just fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, 
Yeah. The the only mechanic I'd say is really interesting in the game that I liked was the um uh hiding in shadows. Mm. I liked that. Like it, it you know, it's a, it's the pure stealth mechanic is in there. Like you have to sneak around, you have to avoid making noise. I like that stuff. Yeah. I just but then you have one year later Metal Gear Solid comes out and does it 10 times better. <laughs> And then a few years after that, you have Splinter Cell 1 to come out and just knocks that out of the park. Yeah. This is so archaic. You know, I I can't tell when I've been, when I'm visible and when I'm not, you know, it's, you know, the black, when, when, when you're, when you're hiding in the shadows, your character turns completely black, but you're also blended in with the black. So I can't see which direction my character's facing. Yeah. And there's a delay when you turn. Yep. (laughs) So... Like again, it just it controls bad. It just controls bad. I appreciate the effort. It controls bad in a way that feels like would be easy to fix. Yeah, like it this is such easy fixes. Just make the game controls responsive and I will forgive a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just control is the thing you must have in a game. <laughs> you must keep me in control of the game. That's why things like Dark Souls and Bloodborne exist because you're in control all the time and if you fuck up it's all your fault yeah exactly i i I think the pacing of this game would work the actually the series in general would work so much better if they had the tighter controls if they had that um you know dropped the uh the animations a little bit so that you could cancel out of them quickly the the speed at which you could roll through this game would vastly improve how interesting it is to watch because half the time i'm not i'm i'm spending more time navigating my character through the, the puzzle than i am figuring out the puzzle yeah like I, there were so many moments where i had to pull a lever <laughs> And I'm like, you have to be in just the right spot to just get the lift. Like, a little bit to the left. He went too far. That perfect pin drop pixel spot. Yeah. To pull a fucking lever. Oh, you're off by five pixels? You might as well be on the other side of the room. This is just insane. Uh, mm. That that That's the shit that just annoys me. I just, I can't stand it. I hate it. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for it. And I'm not saying you need like a giant hitbox for the animation to trigger, but man, give me more than like five pixels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have much else to say. <laughs> I, I have I have one thing that I wanted to touch on, and I kind of goes back to your question about where's the audience for this? Why is it still around? Mm. Kind of thing. And yeah. um, as we've been going back through old games, and I go back through like you know all the stuff that I played across the years, um, I was noticing a trend, and this game was the first one that helped me articulate it. Um, Very anti-capitalist, anti-conservatism games were coming out in that late 90s, early 2000s era. Um, Mm -hmm. You have your odd world. Ratchet and Clank has almost exactly the same story in the first game about a corporation that's going to blow up a planet uh, just, you know, because they're in the way um, very Hitchhiker's Guide kind of thing. Mm. Uh, destroy all humans. I don't know if you remember how like like satirically anti-conservative uh, they are. Like the whole game is just making fun of rednecks and suits the whole time. Oh yeah, I've, I played Destroy All Humans. I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I was noticing this trend of like, it, 
I'm not shocked that so many of my friends now are left leaning. All of these game companies back then were were leaning into this idea of like anti-establishment, anti-industrialism, and I, I think that was very much, very much spawned by how wild west game development has been for so long. Like we're now mm-hmm. seeing the the uglier repercussions, but man, back in the '90s, back in the '80s, in the early 2000s, that was a you could get away with almost anything as long as you could get somebody to fund your game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even like Metal Gear Solid, which is like anti-nuclear weapons, anti-conservative. It's like, that's mm-hmm. a sort of pacifist game. You're encouraged to not kill people to get the best ranking. Right, right. You know, yeah, anti, anti-consumerism, anti anti-corporate, uh, you know, anti-right wing mm-hmm. was a thing back in the 90s. And it eventually kind of got into the early 2000s and then 9-11 happened. Yep. 9-11 and then the first Call of Duty. Those two mm-hmm. inextricably yep. linked. Yeah, and now you have, like, Call of Duty is like the uber right-wing franchise. It's, it's like, that's where the mouth breathers go. <laughs> you know, they are functional games, but I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to enjoy, I re- I remember playing Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare excessively oh, yeah. in college. Yep. Because I was like, oh, yeah, this is a really fun game. It plays great. And then they got into the second game, and I was just like, oh, never mind. This mm-hmm. is, like, this is uber-right bullshit, and I hate it. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's when I kind of dipped out of that franchise. Yeah, I, I understand completely. I mean, isn't the most recent, I don't know if it's Call of Duty or, or which shooter, where you, like, you work for Ronald Reagan? Oh, I think that's Black Ops 3? Or that no, Cold right. War, Cold War. That sounds Cold right. War. Yeah, yeah you, you play, you, uh, you work for uh, Ronald Reagan, which is immensely fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that one got passed. I mean, I guess I do. I guess I understand. But um, the the point for bringing this up is the 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 good story that's within uh, Abe's Odyssey is this very much like, hey, this race of aliens came in and used propaganda and you know mind wiping to convince the natives that they should work for them and then literally turn them into a slave factory machine uh, that they're going to use to actually eat them and like, you know, mm-hmm. literally chew them up and spit them out. Like the, it's not, right. um, it's not subtle in its metaphor here. Yeah. It's, it's pretty on the nose. And the problem is it, the game is trying to be anti-corporate. The problem is the game is made by a major company. Yeah. I've always hated that statement. I know that, um, who was it? Uh, was it JD complained about me not liking Rage Against the Machine because they work for major record labels? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, 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 I just can't look past that. You know, it's hard for me to really look past that and not see the hypocrisy of it. Like, oh, your, your game is anti-corporate, but you're a corporation. Yeah, yeah. And like, there, there is a level of, I, I guess I hope that the idea for this kind of anti-corporatism is coming out of the individuals in the game studio. And it's not like a mandate from the studio to be like, Hey, we should be anti-corporation, even though we're a corporation that that's where it gets to be kind of silly to me. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to actually get past all of that. You know, it's, it's, I, I appreciate the effort, but 
I don't think it necessarily functions in a game like this. If this was a game made by three people for the Steam store, I would understand it. Totally. I would totally. get I, I would totally get that. But this is made by people that came out of the film industry. This is a major production company. And so it's difficult for me to say, oh yeah, you're anti corporate. Well, but you're a corporation. <laughs> yeah. So there's the oddity in Odd World. Uh it's absolutely hypocritical. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I know I harp on that a lot, but it's it's difficult for me to to get get around that hump. Yeah. And and maybe maybe not so much in the first two. I don't know how big their their team was initially, but definitely by the time you get into like the Xbox 3D game launch, that's where it really be like you have to have a a pretty sizable team to make those kinds of games functional. Yeah, yeah. And and when you have a sizable team, you have to have a sizable corporate structure behind you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have money. To, people gotta get paid and recognized, and I understand that, but. If this really was about anti-corporate, it should have been made by like five guys in a basement. Yeah, you know, you got you got to slum it. That's just the way it's got to be. You got to slum it. You can't go through a big corporate, uh, corporate development company. You can't. Yeah, you know, it, it just it come it comes off as hollow. It it just it feels you like know? they're punching their way into a corner that they're refusing to leave at any point, and maybe. Maybe that's the biggest tragedy here, assuming we don't get any more games from them. Wouldn't it be sad if your anti-corporate game ended because you couldn't, you know, get artistically and out of your own way enough to make a good game, you know, mm -hmm. a, play a playable game and something like that, and just to, to fizzle out with two remakes of your original two games? That That's oof, almost a biting metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Because in, in case the subtext isn't clear here, remaking your own game that was very popular with new graphics instead of investing that into continuing the story that you hold to artistically mm -hmm. shows where your loyalties lie. Yeah, it shows your that you've kind of run out of ideas <laughs> yeah. or your, your lack of interest in creative uh, creative endeavors. It's more about we're here for the money now. Yeah, you know, we're here for the money. That's it. Because like you look at the games that came the the one that came out on PS3, the um was it the new and tasty one? The graphics on that and the gameplay, it's like this doesn't look that complex for the PS3. No, not at all. No, it's like that's the same that's the same system that put out, you know, several Final Fantasy games and uh Lost Odyssey and Metal Gear Solid 4 like you're talking about major games that came out on that and Grand Theft Auto 4 like Grand Theft Auto 4 yeah or 5 5 as well like you know you're looking at all these big things and I'm like why does this look like it's from the last generation yeah you know and and if you're going to stick with that 2D style you the competition for like competently made side scrollers is huge and it it yeah. really feels it really feels like a stick in the mud to not update along with that i mean look at the the pacing on games like hollow knight i mean the 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 game is insanely fast mm -hmm. very <laughs> fast very fast and not just that like look at something like um what's the uh 
what's the game? Uh, like Limbo, like a side scroller, like you're yeah. exploring the woods. Like that's an artistic game, but it's also enjoyable to play. Like yeah. you have things like that, or you have 2.5D games like Shadow Complex, like that do the side scrolling thing way better. Yep. There was, you know, the Metroid games were still coming out in side scroller form sometimes. Like you have all these games that were doing it better. Yeah. You got to update it and match with them. And they just didn't. No, yeah, they really didn't. It, it's it's frustrating to watch just from the outside, having been a fan along the way. Because, I mean, if you look at the old marketing for the original two games, that was like, you know, black and green and orange and slimy and aliens and, you know, soda pop and just kind of everything a disgusting teenage boy could want. Like, they really marketed hard to that demographic, and uh, it just didn't reflect the game that we got. And at the time, I no. you know, didn't know how to see that. But playing it now, I'm just like, oh my god! I'm, I, I, I don't know if you've played uh, Carrion. Uh, it's a side-scrolling. Yes, um, I, I have. I have. Yes, I, yes, I played it. Yeah, like literally, I would, I would switch away from Soulstorm to play Carrion just because I'm like, I need the faster-paced game. I need something a little more with more happening. I don't need my backgrounds to be eye-poppingly beautiful. I need the gameplay to work. Yeah, the, the gameplay is more important than graphics. It's good if you have both, yeah. but if you just have solid gameplay, it can look fine. It can look like, you know, chunky and blocky. I was just I was just um uh I replayed the game Dusk recently. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's a PC first-person shooter done with the Unity engine, which is cheap as dirt. It's a free to it's a free to download system that anybody can use to make a game. Yeah, that game is amazing. It, I think it got registered as Game of the Year by multiple magazines and multiple critics. It, like it's it's genuinely amazing. Yeah, because it, it doesn't matter that the graphics look like they're from the 1990s. Who cares? The game is fast and it's fun. That's the most important thing. Always like it, and it it will never not be. I can forgive so 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 much if the gameplay is all the way there. I can forgive bad story. I can forgive bad graphics. I can even forgive like bugs and crashes if the gameplay is functional and not just functional but really exceptional. I'm I'm so in. I'm just I think about like um all the Valve games. None of them are like graphically pushing anything. But their gameplay is so engaging. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, it, it's. I wish they would do Half Life Three, but they're never going to. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like Valve, they really were trying to push the limit for a long time, and unfortunately, they've slowed down recently. But I'm still hoping for that comeback when they finally release a really amazing game that breaks that just breaks the market again and just. Shows them what they can do. Like, yeah. I still have faith in them. I don't have any faith in Lord Lanning. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. I'd really like to see this series get passed off to people that uh, get what it is and what it's going for, but also know how to create something really functional and interesting out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all my thoughts. Those are my final thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the final word on Oddworld is um, play Munch's Odyssey and Stranger's Wrath because they actually play well as games and <laughs> to hell with everything else. They were too forgotten by time. That's that's the sad yeah. part. Yeah, Munch's Odyssey got 
pushed multiple times. Uh, eventually, it did come out and it got decent reviews, not amazing. And Stranger's Wrath, unfortunately, is like a lost gem. Yeah. That that game is legitimately good. I would definitely encourage people to pick, pick that up. I think it's available on the Steam store. Oh, nice. Um, So, yeah. Oddworld, the older ones, don't waste your time. I, watch a playthrough or just watch the cinematics on a, in a compilation on YouTube. It's It's... The story is fine if you can overlook the fact that it's absolutely hypocritical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, gameplay-wise, I wouldn't recommend it. Never. They're just too clumsy for yeah. today's market. Too clumsy. So, I... yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'd be curious what, what games have been inspired by Oddworld. You know what I mean? Like like little Steam treasures that are out there from people that really loved Oddworld and wanted to do something like it and improve mm. on it. Um, I'd be if anybody knows of anything like that, let me know because I'd be very interested in uh, in downloading and playing something like that. Yeah, if there is a good clone version of Oddworld out there, please send it to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. I'm very curious. Yeah. Well, that's all my final thoughts. Uh, Seth, where can people find you on the internet? Anything you want to plug? Absolutely. Uh, you can check me out at Seth X Decker if you have a good uh, suggestion for a clone Oddworld game. Um, <laughs> you can also check out my podcast, Film Rescue Show, where we take a movie and pitch a hypothetical new version of it. Uh, I think by the time this comes out, you can check out our episode on Mortal Kombat 2021. Um, oh, boy. was it uh, i wasn't there was it really good uh i mean the the pitch was to use characters that they've already invented instead of inventing whole new ones and thank you (laughs) and then just kind of explain things a little bit you know like thank you (laughs) so all the things i complained about yeah right right (laughs) raiden's just kind of a broken character in the movie he can do whatever whenever he feels like um, you mean Raiden? Yeah, Raiden. Ra- Raiden is Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I get it. They're, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. So there's that podcast, and uh, you can check out all of our other shows, including Palette Cleanser and So What Else, on our Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash Montressor Media. Access is one single dollar a month. Very good. Very good. We also have another show called Split the Difference, where we take original films, compare them to their remakes. Uh, I think we have another one coming up next weekend, I believe. Yeah, time to talk about some horror movies. Wow, yeah, going back to some horror movies. Yep, it's going to be a good time. Uh, If you want to find me anywhere online, just go to Twitter and look up Hardcore B-Shot. If you want to send me any recommendations for Oddworld clones, I would be happy (laughs) to play anything that is actually functional. (laughs) Uh, And with that, good night. Bye.